American Tobacco Historic District in downtown Durham. This is Due South. I'm Jeff Tabiri. And I'm Leonida Inge. Today on the program, we have a great assortment of segments for you. Later on, we'll be discussing a contemporary fatherhood. And Leonida, you have a wonderful segment lined up with a beautiful young character from Chapel Hill. That's right. Cortland Gilliam is a graduate student at UNC Chapel Hill. He's an African-American student. And he, when you listen to him, his old soul, he's like been fighting for the people the Poet Laureate of the town of Chapel Hill. Hmm. Great conversation coming up in just a little bit here on Due South. Let's begin with the labor force, however. Now, about 10% of North Carolina's labor force is in manufacturing. That's more than 472,000 jobs. Our state has long been a leader of producing furniture and textiles, of course, tobacco as well. And there has been some transformation in recent decades as companies like IBM and Pfizer as two obvious examples have supplanted the place of some of those more traditional mainstays. Two major reasons for the shift, tobacco's demise and international outsourcing of home furnishings and clothing production. Recently, two more factories closed in Taylorsville. Taylorsville is a small community about half an hour outside of Hickory. I felt like it was very, very, very upsetting for everybody for how we was doing. I didn't think it was right. Kim Smith was one of more than 500 people whose jobs were eliminated. She spoke to Paul Garber, a reporter with public radio station WFDD in Winston-Salem, who joins us now. Paul, thanks for joining us here on Due South. Thanks for having me, Jeff. All right. I know you spent some time in Taylorville speaking with some of the people uh, who have lost their employment, their jobs. Tell us about the numbers that you've crunched, just how many people lost their positions when Mitchell Gold and Bob Williams closed. So in the region, there were three facilities, and those job totals would be more than 800. Wow. Can you tell us uh, about how long those facilities have been open and why the closures now? Sure. So the first one opened in 1989. That was when uh, Mitchell Gold and Bob Williams uh, decided to open their their factory. Uh, They kind of joined on with an existing uh, factory works there and kind of made it their own. And why it shut down now had nothing to do with the factory work that was going on. It was all a financial situation, and um, it was an extremely sudden closure. They, you know, most people found out uh, a Saturday morning, right before school started in Alexander County, uh, with a with an email from the company saying, you know, don't, there's no job to come back to essentially, um, that they were shutting down for good, and so that's how um, folks found out, and it was very swift and. Um, there had been some rumors, but still caught most folks off guard. Not particularly personable, an email. Definitely not. And then others found out simply when they went to the plant and tried to open the door, and it wouldn't open. They look up, and there's a sign explaining the situation. Kim Smith, who we heard from just a moment ago in that quick soundbite, uh, this is not the first time that she's lost a furniture manufacturing job, is it? No, she had worked in Thomasville, North Carolina, which is in the triad. And tell us about where she worked and I guess if this was like a painful deja vu for her. Actually, she said it was worse this time around because she was working at a Thomasville plant and um, those uh, factories had been kind of in in an outsourcing mode for years, an offshoring mode. And so a number of factories were kind of closed down in succession, kind of starting in the late 90s and and accelerating into the 2000s. And she was caught up in that. But because it was kind of a long process, she said that, you know, they, they, they it wasn't unexpected when it closed, that they had um, offered them training and, and 
kind of some support, uh, knowing that uh, that those jobs were going to go away. But this time, like I said, you know, the, the, the announcement was so sudden and there wasn't much time to plan. And um, it caught the factory workers off guard. It caught um, county government off guard. And so it's a much different feeling for them, for, for her rather, this time than it was when she was initially laid off about 15 years ago. If you could give us another brief vignette or two, who else did you talk to? What other kinds of things did you hear? Kim Smith, one of the more than 500 people who was uh, impacted by these closures. Right. Well, most people, it was kind of a mixed feeling uh, in the sense that, you know, they were they were out of a job, um, but it was a job they really liked and it was a job they were you know, hoping to come back to. And so, you know, it wasn't just a job. It was a place where they felt like there were a lot of things that the company did that they liked that helped out, like childcare and things like that. And then, you know, the whole mood of saying, well, what's next for me now? If I don't have this to go back to, do I get another factory job? Do I move to stay in the furniture manufacturing sector? You know, do, do I try and find something else that's going to be closer, but there's not, you know, there's not a ton of opportunities. I went to a job fair down there where, you know, there were many companies offering, you know, dur durable goods manufacturers are having a hard time filling positions. And there were certainly plenty of folks offering jobs, but not nearly enough to take in all those who were looking, um, you know, because there were hundreds of them. So these layoffs announced via email take place. You note in your reporting that shortly thereafter, someone plans a job fair to try to help. Uh, right. Who planned and, and what transpired from there? Well, it was a um, county government worker, uh, you know, kind of a, a one of their employment services uh, that's run by the county. And they put that together very hastily. When I was there, uh, the layoffs had happened just 10 days earlier. And they had about 40 companies there. Some were manufacturing uh, positions. They had two plastics companies there. Others were uh, simply, you know, social service sector jobs, um, all kinds of variations of, of things. There were some furniture companies there. And, um, you know, they were they were looking to hire, and they certainly weren't happy about th what happened to those workers, but they certainly could use, a, you know, a couple dozen of them. So, you know, there were some furniture workers there with openings uh, to for people who wanted to stay in the job and were, and were well qualified for it. So it was a range of people at that, uh, at that job fair. Paul Garber is a reporter with public radio station WFDD. He recently spent some time in Taylorsville, which is in Alexander County, which is west of I-77, northeast of Hickory uh, in the mountainous uh, region. It's, I guess it's really on the, the cusp of uh, Piedmont up into Appalachia. We're talking about uh, layoffs and uh, the labor force within the manufacturing sector that has been hit yet again uh, here in North Carolina. I want to get to a little bit of the broader scope here in a moment. But, Paul, just quick math there. We're talking about 500 layoffs. And in your last response, you're mentioning a couple of dozen potential posts elsewhere. Uh, quick math there says that there are still 470 people yeah, without a job. Like, what, what, what are the other options? Or are there really not? Uh, or is there not much uh, in the way of a next clear path? Well, you know, it's a, it's a very rural county. There's historically, you know, a lot of places within, you know, an hour drive or less that that they could probably look into. But there's not there's not a ton of stuff down there. Let, let me give you uh, if you, you're talking about the broader view, please. According to the U.S. Department of Labor Statistics, in 1990, there were about 90,000 furniture jobs. By 2020, there were about 30,000. So you're, you're talking about a shrinkage there of about two thirds. Just a remarkable number.
And I mentioned off the top that there are different industries that have put roots down and percolated to an extent here in North Carolina. I'm thinking of pharmaceuticals. I'm thinking of uh, aviation tectonics, which has something of a home in in Guilford County, close to where you speak to us from in Winston-Salem. Are there other emerging industries or are there other landing places uh, for, you know, uh, hardworking folks who uh, have been in this manufacturing space and and are looking for, uh, in essence, a 21st century option? Yeah. So, um, you know, manufacturing is a lot different now than it was when uh, these furniture companies were at their prime. It was kind of uh, hard, dirty work. And now the factory situation in, in, in durable goods manufacturing, it's a lot cleaner workplace. It's a lot safer in a lot of ways. And we do have some uh, companies coming in. Toyota is coming in and building a uh, a plant for its fleet of electric vehicles that's down in Randolph County. Also, VinFast, a Vietnamese electric car maker, electric vehicle maker, is also coming down to that area that they call the Carolina Core, which is kind of south of the triad. So we say south, uh, southwest of the triad, includes uh, the triad, but it's also southwest of like uh, Guilford County and it's southwest, it's southeast rather of Raleigh. So it's, it's kind of a uh, the ideas you can kind of bring those two um, big uh, metropolitan areas together uh, in this kind of place. It's going to be well connected to both. So, um, so that's kind of where a lot of this growth is happening. But you mentioned uh, Guilford County, and that has uh, Boom Supersonic and Honda Jet. So there are still potential manufacturing jobs out there. And I will make a point about the furniture companies. When when we talk about furniture jobs, we're mostly talking about when we're talking about losses. We're talking about the manufacturing sector because a lot of companies, when they offshored their um, workers, that that part of the workforce, a lot of their white collar jobs stayed here. Their headquarters stayed here. Um, and so I just want to make that distinction between um, what kind of jobs we're talking about here. Sure. Okay? There's, there's still a, a presence of those uh, companies in North Carolina, a lot of them. Paul, you're a, you're a longtime reporter. You have spent a, a generation uh, in the triad reporting on uh, many of these issues, many of these closures. Uh, as part of recent reporting, you did speak with Mitchell Gold. And I'm wondering um, what he shared with you on the bankruptcy of the company that he founded furniture company with Bob Williams. Sure. Um, He was as shocked as everybody, he says. Uh, And, you know, he was, uh, of course, disappointed that this this company that he started from scratch essentially ended with such short notice and the way it did. And uh, he talked a lot about how, you know, he had he had he had retired, but still was active in the company. And he was brought back in a in a larger position in April uh, to try and kind of keep things going. Um, They knew that there were problems and he was hoping that, you know, he could uh, go a long way to fix them. He had good things to say about um, uh, Chris Moy, who was the CEO of the company down there and uh, was in Taylorsville. But it just couldn't be saved. There were too many financial problems that, that couldn't be overcome. I mentioned to him that some of his workers down there had asked that if he could come back and somehow mm-hmm. save the company. Yeah. And, and he said, well, that's his goal to do it. Um, that's what he wants to do. And he's working to find investors it would take 30 to 40 million was his figure uh, to get it back up and running. Thanks to Paul Garber of member station WFDD, who's been following some of the recent economic news out of Taylorsville. Coming up on Due South, Leonita Inge sits down with Cortland Gilliam, the poet laureate of Chapel Hill. 